of scripture this evening a lot. We're going to read about, I think, 11 verses this evening, and so I'm going to let you be seated, and that's a lot for me, all right? And uh, there, hey, please make sure that you are praying for our pastor, and uh, while they are gone, and uh, him going there to Africa, to Ghana, being gone for till the 5th, so make sure you're praying for him, pray for the uh, all the men that went with them uh, there for their protection, to think that God would do a work. God would do a work in their heart as much as God would do a work in people that are either lost or preachers that need encouragement. Uh, we need God to do something in our heart. We've been talking about missions. Uh, we've had teaching on missions. We've had mission trips planned, but now we need to ask God, God, give us a burden for missions. God, break our heart for missions. And that's how these, what these mission trips do. Um, you're on a mission trip. It's hard to really understand missions until you got a mission field. You understand to a certain point, when you talk about bringing it to the next level and really getting a burden for missions, go to the mission field one time, and uh, God will break your heart for it, and he'll do something. So we need to be in prayer for their safety, but also that God would do a work in their heart, and Brother Cillier, our missions director, that God will do a work in his heart for missions, and really burden him for missions uh, there. So when they come back, they come back ready to go, ready to go to the next mission field, and ready to plan, and see what God will do uh, in, in the area of missions, as we are doing the same here in our Jerusalem, and uh, there, so had three people get saved tonight, I want to give you this quick testimony, um, go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 9, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, number 9, and that's where our scripture is going to be at tonight, um, uh, I almost said Uncle Tim, sorry, uh, Brother Pledger, Tim Pledger uh, down here, he, uh, when I was following this night, he had uh, two couple people get saved, but then also talked to this man that's supposed to be here Sunday. We wanted to be here Sunday, and he just got saved a few, few months ago, I think it was, and plans to be here Sunday, and hopefully talk to him about baptism. I've been baptized Sunday, looking for a church, needs to get me a church. You never know who you're going to run into. He said, all, all those stories, they only happen on the mission field. There are some stories, yes, they only happen on the mission field, but God works in hearts here in America just as much as he'll work in a heart in Africa. So we, we just got to believe it. We, see, we've kind of shied away from believing that God will work in America anymore. And so we just don't believe it. So in not believing it, we're not willing to see it either. And so we've got to be willing to believe it again that God can do a work even in our city and do something special. And so uh, real quick before we get uh, reading of Scripture, we have a, a visitor here this evening, Amber. And ladies go by and see Amber, raise your hand. I need to just raise your hand real quick. And ladies go by and get to meet her. She moved up here from North Carolina, Faith Baptist Church, and going to OSU. And uh, finishing her degree there at OSU. And so, praise the Lord. Glad to have you here. And uh, hope you'll be back with us to actually meet our pastor. And uh, that'd be the key, okay? Uh, there. So, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. We're going to begin reading in verse number 19. Pastor, thank you for the opportunity. He's watching, by the way. So, I'm watching. And uh, there, but thank you for the opportunity to preach this evening. And definitely do take it as a privilege. And will not take it lightly. Uh, there. So, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 19. Just follow along as I read. We're going to read our text verse together when we get to it. We're going to start in verse number 19. We'll read all the way to the end of the chapter. So Proverbs, uh, sorry, Proverbs. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and starting in verse number 19. The Bible says this, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews... I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. Now understand here what Paul's saying. He's saying, he's saying I become, it says down in Hebrew, I become all things to all men. But what he's not saying is that I become sinful because other men are sinful. And I want to do act more like the world because that's how the world acts, and i got to be all things all. That's not what he's saying here. What he's saying is I had to learn about the Jews so I could help the Jews. And I had to learn about the law so I knew, understood things. You, you, can't, you can't talk about something you don't understand. So he said, I had to understand these things so I could understand. It's like a pastor sitting down with a businessman. Sometimes that's really hard as a pastor or, or, or an assistant pastor. You may sit down with someone that has all this knowledge. It's like, you just went way above my head. But to know some things in, in different areas, it helps you learn how to talk and communicate with other people and how to help them in their area. So Paul, you're saying, said, and unto the Jews I became as, as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. 
to them that are without uh, the law, as without the law, being not without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might uh, gain them that are without, without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I, I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. By the way, some things God will do in your life himself. God will allow you to go through things in your life yourself so you can say, oh, I've been there. Let me help you with this. Well, God helped you get through it. No doubt God allowed uh, Apostle Paul at some points in his life to become very poor, very desolate, so he could understand those that were very poor and very desolate. He understood that he could relate with them. He can under, he's been shipwrecked, so he understood how, what it's like to be shipwrecked. He's he been whipped, he's been in prison, so he can understand uh, uh, how, he, how, uh, how they had been there. Now, he didn't go out and go partying, so he can understand how you party. But he allowed God, listen to this with a statement, he allowed God to put him through things so he can better service and serve God and help others. It's a person that's been through cancer looks at another person in church that's going through cancer and saying, I've been there, let me help you know what God put him through, what God allowed me to get through. Someone that's had a husband pass away helping someone else that had a husband pass away. Let me show you what God helped me get through. See, God allows us to go through things, and we, we think it's all about us. We're very selfish in that. I'm going to go ahead and switch. Very selfish in that. But a lot of times, God allows you to go through. I don't know how many times as a youth pastor, I've, I've worked with teenagers that are from divorced homes. Well, I'm from a divorced home. Uh, to, to an extent, I understand that. I understand the going back and forth every other weekend, trying to visit mom, visit dad, visit mom, visit dad. I remember that. I understand that. So I work with a lot of young people that, and you say, say did you, when you were a kid, did you realize God was going to have you one? No, I had no idea. But the fact that God allowed me to go through something, now on the other end, it's like, okay, now I can help somebody. Man, now I can help somebody. And God does that all the time. And, and, and Paul here sa says, I, I understood I, Jews. I became, became a Jew to be able to help the Jews. I became weak to be able to help the weak. And, and that, that I, may, that I may, may have saved some. Okay, look at, keep coming down, verse number 23. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker Thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run uh, in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is, is uh, temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Now he's talking to the church here in Corinth. But we an incorruptible. He's saying, if you're gonna, if you're gonna run and, and give yourself to something, give it to something that has an incorruptible crown, not a corruptible. If you're gonna run a race, run a race that's gonna mean something at the end of your life, and not something you're just gonna, it's just gonna be wood, hay, and stubble, and burn, and, and just go away and wither away in your life. But do something that'll last for eternity. That's incorruptible. Look at verse number twenty-six. This is our text verse. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a cat. One of the biggest fears of a lot of Christians is to be a castaway. If you've been in Christianity for so long, you, you've seen a lot of people come and go. And a lot of people that you admire maybe in your life that come and go. One of the hardest things to go through, I think, as a Christian is the disappointment of someone you, you look to, someone you admire, uh, someone that meant they were your hero in the faith. You watch them fall. One of the hardest things to do is just pick up yourself and say, God, I, I, ultimately I need to be looking to you, not them, and i got to keep on going on for Christ. And that thought in your mind of, God, I don't want to be a castaway. I, God, I don't, wanna, I, I don't want to be... That illustration. God, in my life, the end of my life, I don't want to be that story. I want to be, if, if anything, God, I just want to be faithful. <laughs> if I can live my life and never do anything great for God besides just be faithful to the house of God and to serving him in my local church, if that's all I do the rest of my life, God, I am well pleased with that. I just don't want to be a castaway. 
I don't have to be the biggest uh, uh, the, the, a missionary, and I don't have to be a preacher, and I don't have to be a pastor. But if I can just not be a castaway and be faithful to the house of God and faithful to serve God, God, that's what I'll take. And every Christian, by the way, every Christian ought to desire that. There ought to be a desire inside of you. We get so distracted by the things of this world and so distracted by things around us. And if, we, if every Christian would just determine in their heart to have a desire to just be faithful to God, just be faithful. I'd be the greatest, but just faithful. I might not be the uh, greatest person uh, to, to run a bus route, but I'm going to be faithful to my bus route. I might not be the greatest soldier, but I'm going to be faithful to being a soldier. I might not be the greatest Christian, but I'm going to be faithful to coming to the house of God and listening to God's word and allowing God to work in my heart. I'm going to be faithful. I might not be, the, listen, I might not be the biggest giver, but I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to be faithful to it. See, there ought to be a determination inside of us. See, we look at Christianity of, oh, if I can't be that, then what am I? I'm just a person. No, you can be a faithful. You know, you know, churches need a lot of faithful church members. Churches are losing. You say, well, we got, you know, there's preachers out. We hear people talk all the time. You know, there's, there's uh, young preachers out there, you know, waiting to uh, pastor churches and waiting to get into the ministry. You know, you know, churches need people also. Laymen in the church, faithful men in the church, faithful families in the church that come and help do the ministry and reach the Jerusalem that God's given us. See, there's many areas that we can get involved in, but we all desire to be faithful. We all desire to be, look what he says there, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I preach to others, I myself might be a gasper. What he's saying is, saying, I've got to preach to myself sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I've got to talk to myself. Sometimes I've got to bring myself into subjection. So I'm not just out there preaching to others, then myself become a castaway. We, preacher says it all the time. Uh, preachers need preaching also, but they, never, they don't get preaching a lot. Because they're always the ones preaching, especially pastors. At least three times a week plus, they're up preaching and, and preaching to people and studying the Bible. But rarely does someone get to preach to them. Let them sit down and say, God, do something in my heart. Paul here saying that I, I don't want to be a castaway. I already bring myself to subjection so I don't just preach to others. I myself become a castaway. He's warning them here at the church of Corinth. So understand the church of Corinth. Pastor did a whole series on understanding the church of Corinth and, and all the sin and wicked sin that they were in in the church of Corinth. And him writing letters to them saying, you guys got to fix this. This is not what you started out as. This is not what Christianity, this is not what is right. And so he's trying to explain this to him. And in this chapter, he's explaining uh, liberty as a Christian, but Paul, uh, Paul's use of his liberty. We take liberty in the Christian life or liberty because we're saved as, oh, I'm saved so I can do whatever I want. No, 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 no. That's not what Christianity is. There is liberty in Christianity. There is liberty in Christianity. I, we say it all the time. Uh, if there's anybody that lives in reality in their life, it is the Christian that lives in reality in their life. And they're not always running to get out of reality. We live there. We face it every day. We learn to deal with it because we have a helper that helps us deal with it. But we live with it. And in that, we have liberty. Because when I am in trouble, I don't need to go to anything else. I just go to God. When I'm in trouble, I go to God. When I need something and I, I'm discouraged, I go to God. I have someone to go to, a free counselor <laughs> to go to. So understand what Paul's talking about here. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we're going to read our text verse and get into the sermon this evening. I'll tell you what it is here, here in a minute. But let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you bless this evening. God, I pray that you take this little truth and helps to apply it to our lives. God, a very practical, practical, practical thing. We get so busy in life, and we just kind of walk right by that. All of a sudden, we find out we're four, five, six years, seven years, ten years down the road, and nothing in our life has been accomplished for God. God, I pray that you help us take this thought this evening. I pray that you bless it from your word. I pray that you help us to learn something, go away, better Christians, ready to serve you more. God, I pray that you be with Pastor and the, the, the men as they're away. Keep them safe as they fly out this evening at midnight. I pray that you keep them safe on the trip and, and bring them back and rejoicing your God telling stories and telling about what God did and souls saved and pastors encouraging. I pray that you just bless them. 
God, be with the service this evening. We love you. God, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse number 26, I'm going to read it through, and then we're going to read it together. Verse number 26, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Let's read that together. Pro, uh, Proverbs, why am I going back to Proverbs? First uh, Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 26. Let's read it together. Ready, begin. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. I want to talk to you this evening about a simple truth, uh, Christian, a very simple truth. You know, it's amazing to me how in Christianity uh, we, we, go, uh, we, we go to a, a, uh, a preacher's conference, or we have preachers come in here and they preach, and, and they preach on something that is the most simplistic. Uh, Pastor Cox this last year. Please, thank you. His whole sermon focused around please and thank you. Our need to be thankful. Our need to learn how to talk and treat others. Very simple truth, but it's very easily forgotten. There's a lot of truths in the Christian life that if we're not, just because we're on the road for such a long time, those of you that have been in church for four or five years and and some now decade, and then now 15 years. And it's so easy to be on the road of Christianity in church every week, busy, 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 serving God, that we start forgetting some of the little things that we focused on so much when we were a new Christian. We, we, that, that was like the top of the world to us in our Christianity. I just learned this truth, and now we're 10 years down the road, and it's like, I don't even think about that anymore. But we ought to be reminded about different things sometimes to help us and bring us back down, if you will, to the bottom shelf, and say, okay, let's focus on this. What am I, have I forgotten this in my life? Have I forgotten this of simple things? So I want to talk to you this evening about two words, two words. It's, it's nothing spectacular. Setting goals. Setting goals. Paul, no doubt, went to the Colosseum in Rome. No, I'm not telling a history story. I'm just using this one line. Paul <laughs> went to the Colosseum in Rome to watch sports, no doubt. The Colosseum in Rome was a big place that people gathered to watch a, 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 a very um, nasty, if you will, uh, bloody even sports and even different things. They gathered there to do different things. And uh, no doubt Paul went to the Colosseum in Rome uh, there as in his travels to watch sports. He no doubt had an idea of different things that were going on uh, there in, in, in that time. As he writes here, he mentions two specific sports uh, here when he talks about verse number 26, look what it says. I therefore so run. I so run. Not as uncertainly. I'm talking about racing. I'm talking about running. Right? It's a type of sport. It's not, you know, one of the main four sports, but it's a type of sport. And so so he's talking about this. Then he talks about one that beateth the air. We, we think of the sport of boxing. Right? One that beateth the air. Okay? Uh, Paul here, he was saying, if I'm going to run, I need to know where I'm going. I'm not going to run uncertainly. I have to have a direction. I have to have somewhere I'm headed with this. I, I need to have, uh, point me in the right direction, and I'll run and just keep running and, and go in that direction. I need, I need to have a direction that I'm going. Uh, we say uh, to a, a, a new bus captain, here's your bus area. I just gave you a direction, so run. Go do it. Right? I gave you a direction. Here's your area. Here's your parameter, parameters. Uh, we, we, you, someone asks you to do something in the church. And you say, uh, what, what do I need to do? Can you give me a list of things I need to do? What you're doing is you're asking for a direction, someplace I need to head, someplace I need to go, something i got, I got to have something to, to look to. i got to have a direction to go. Then he said, uh, he said if I, if, and then if I'm, I'm going to throw a punch, I want to hit something. How do we want that, that, that beats the air? I don't, how do we want to just swings at nothing? If I'm going to swing, I want to swing at something. Okay. And, uh, and so Paul, uh, Paul, Paul, Paul made these statements in talking about his Christian life. He said, I want to I I run towards something. I don't want to run uncertainly. I want to have a direction. But if I'm going to swing at something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head towards a direction. I got to have, have something in mind. So he gives these two illustrations. The lesson that we could take from this is this, that Paul, listen to this, Paul had a goal in mind. He even said, he said that I may win the prize. 
I pressed towards the mark, the high calling, Jesus Christ. I pressed towards, he had something he was always heading towards. Now, I know in our society, and I'm not for this, I don't think it makes sense, but maybe in business world it does, but not in Christianity it doesn't. Uh, but I don't understand this, you know, uh, in society, they, people talk about, do you have a five-year plan, do you have a 10-year plan, do you have a 20-year plan, do you have this, do you have that? Okay, in certain areas in, in life, that might work, but in Christianity, my only plan is just obeying God and trusting God. And wherever He leads, that's where I'm going to go. And I know, as we heard even last Thursday night, He gave every Christian one command, that's to be a witness for the gospel, for the gospel's sake. So I know as I'm just obeying God and following whatever God wants, I'm heading in that direction. I do have things that God has told me to do. So I just continue to do those things until God has said something else. And by the way, I don't think God's looking to change his word anytime soon. Okay, what he, what he has and he has given us is ours, and that's all there is. Okay, and so so we, we, we talk about a goal. We start thinking about, well, Brother Pledger, you're talking about I need to have a two-year plan of my Christianity. I don't think there ought to be a, a detailed two-year plan of your Christianity, but you ought to have some goals in mind. For instance, uh, I need to start reading my Bible every day. That's a good goal. Because the truth is, listen to this. Let's be honest. Ready? I'm gonna, don't raise your hand. How many of you, it, you were off and on and off with reading your Bible for the first couple of years of Christianity? And the fact is, the reason why you were on and off with reading your Bible, you know, you read it for a month straight or a week straight, and then you're kind of off for two weeks, and a month straight, and then you're off for a couple months, and, and then one year, it really was rough, right? And you did not become consistent at it until you said, I've got to nail this down. Now I have a goal. I'm going to read my Bible all the way through. i got to read three chapters a day. i got to read four chapters a day. And you gave yourself a goal, and now you're accomplishing that goal. But the first couple of years, you kind of winged it every day. Well, I guess I got to just read my Bible. But there was no goal in mind. There was no direction in mind. It was just, I got to read my Bible. So you open to Genesis, or you happen to open to Numbers, and you get bored real quick. Pastor said the other week, uh, someone asked him about where to start reading, and he said, I told him, start reading in John. Read in John. He said, well, I was reading over in, in, in Leviticus or something, and he said, no, no, I told you to read in John. If you start reading there, you're going to get bored real quick. And it's going to be, it's going to, it's, you're, just going to, you're just not going to want to read anymore. You've got to start reading certain places. Well, he's trying to give a direction, a direction. And we ought to have, we ought to have goals in our, in our mind. As I said, we don't need a five-year plan or a ten-year plan. A pastor talks about all the time. He said, you know, what was your five-year plan of starting the church? pastor said, uh, get to the next day. <laughs> One foot in front of the other. <laughs> Go knock on another door. I mean, that was, a, that was my five, his five-year plan. And that ought to be our plan, ought to be God, whatever you want us to do. But listen, listen to me, Christian. But you've got to have some type of direction. You've got to have some type of direction. A Christian, listen, you show me a person sitting in church that has never one time in the Christianity said, I want to accomplish this in my Christianity. I want to set a goal to do this. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray every day. I, I want to learn how to teach a Sunday school lesson. I want to learn how to uh, work in this ministry. I want to learn how to, you give me someone that has never done that. Listen to me. That, that, that is still in the Christianity. You show me someone in Christianity that's been in there for 10, 15, 20 years and still has never done anything besides sitting in a pew. And I'll show you someone that's never set a goal in their life. Never set a goal in their life. They always just, they just wait and say, well, I guess it's time to go to church and see what happens. And they go to church and they show up and they sit down and, and they kind of, you know, barely listen to the preaching and, and uh, you know, maybe get a little bit, I, I guess I'll just go to the altar and pray. And, and then, but they never, they don't have a consistent walk with God. They never tried to have a consistent walk with God. You know, uh, meeting a goal takes purpose. It takes, it takes grit. It takes commitment. Meeting a goal. Uh, our, 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 our school started school. School started school this last year, this last week, and they started their classes. And uh, we do have a few seniors in our school. Well, their goal is almost in sight. I mean, it's like there. But they've got to accomplish things this year. They've got to finish in the direction that they're going. They have to accomplish and pass the test. Yeah, we don't just hand out diplomas around. No, when I like the public school. Listen, so they have a goal in mind. They go to school every day and they have a plan. 
And then somehow we get out of school and we go, well, the Christian life, well, you know, we'll just show up when we want. And there's no goal. Now, how come we set goals and things and we have a direction, if you will, in all these other areas of life, but when it comes to our Christianity, it's like, you know, God, if I have time this week, <laughs> you know, if I have a few minutes, I, I might stop by the church and, you know, maybe pick up some tracks and I'll tell people I'm going out soloing, but I'm just basically going to go, you know, drive around for a little bit. Then I'm going to go home. You hear you see me say, Brother Pledge, you know, I, I haven't had anybody really get saved in a while. Have you set a goal to have anybody get saved? You know, if you don't plan to have someone get saved, you're not going to ever have someone get saved. If you go out saying, I, I'll probably never have anybody get saved, guess what? You're probably never going to have anybody get saved. No matter how hard you try. But if you go out saying, I'm determined, I'm going to tell someone about Christ. I'm determined to learn about how to tell someone about Christ. And I'm going to try my best. I'm going to memorize everything I can. And you set those goals in your life. Listen to me, the odds are, eventually you'll have someone get saved. Why? Because I set a mark. I have a prize I'm headed towards. I have a goal in mind. I have a direction. So I want to give you these three simple thoughts this evening. Yes, three simple thoughts, okay? Number one, if you've already said it, kind of jumped to the first one already. Goals give you a direction. Goals give you a direction. Why are goals so important in our life? Goals give you a direction. I therefore so run. Paul knew where he was going. You cannot live your life focused only, listen to this, on what happens today. How many of you still think about what happened yesterday? You're stuck in yesterday. You haven't moved on to today. You're still stuck at work right now. Your mind is at work, which is a terrible place to be. <laughs> your mind is at work. When you leave there and come to church, you should be thanking God, God, I'm at church and not at work. Praise the Lord. It ought to be a joy. But sometimes we get so stuck in yesterday or stuck in today. Uh, everybody has people in their life that rehash the same things over and over and over and over and over. Would you let the donkey die? Like, let it die. Just let it die. Let the problem go away. Start bring up the problem, rehash the whole thing over and over again. Wait, listen, you ought to have a goal. You ought to have a goal. Um, people that people that retire at an older age, and they don't have anything to do. They have a hard time functioning every day. They get in the morning and they go, okay, what am I, what am I, what do I need to do today? So when you're at that point, you got to set goals for yourself. Like today I need to get up and I need to do this around the house. And tomorrow I need to get up and I need to do this around the house. And then, hey, Thursday night I need to be at church. Hey, and Saturday, uh, uh, you know, the weather's supposed to be nice Saturday. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go out soloing. Maybe just go out for a little bit. Maybe get some exercise. <laughs> Walking around, knocking on doors. Uh, you know, the next day is church, and I need to get ready for Sunday school, so i got to start studying. So you got to set goals, because if you don't, a whole day, listen, a whole day will waste away. How many have been there? I've been there. Well, a whole day is kind of waste away, and you go, I did nothing today. I got nothing. You go home, and you honestly don't really want to eat. You don't really, no. You've been there? No? Okay. Uh, you you don't really want to eat. You feel like a slob because you haven't really done anything. It's like, I, what have I accomplished today? You're going to bed going, tomorrow i got to get something done tomorrow. I just wasted a day. And no, that doesn't mean going to school is wasting a day, all right? I just wasted a day. Okay? you got to have a direction. you got to have goals. You need to know where you're going. And this will help you to stay focused, strong, and to not give up. You know, a lot of people give up in the Christian life because they have no goals set. They have nowhere they're headed. They're just showing up to show up. I just come to church to come to church, but I really don't do anything else. Well, eventually you find yourself just kind of leaving church. Why? Because you have no part in anything. There's no goals. There's nothing you're doing. So you come, but there's nothing to give you that kind of that oomph inside you to say, I got to be there. Some of, the best, some of the best things that ever happened to some of you Christians sitting in here is for you to be busy in your local church. Some of the best things that ever happened to you. 
You know why? It gave you something to look forward to and a responsibility to say, I've got to be there on Sunday morning because I've got to teach the Sunday school class. I have to be there because I've got to get on that bus route. Because in you, in you, listen to this, in the low, on the low days, when you don't feel like talking to anybody, you don't feel like even existing sometimes, you know that I've got to be there because I've got to be on the bus route. And it keeps you going so you don't give up and drop out. There's a lot of Christians that just end up out of church because they're not busy in their church. They're not busy in their church. By the way, by the way, and there's also a lot of Christians that are very busy in a church, but they're just going through the motions and they burn out because they're not spiritually strong. There's no goal. They're just going to go. They're just showing up to be on a bus route and be on a bus route. And then they say, well, I'm tired of being on a bus route, so I give up my bus route. Listen to me. Listen, listen to this. You burnt out because you spiritually were not strong and you had no, no direction you were going anymore. You were just there. You were just existing in the ministry. So you got to have goals. You got to have a direction. Number two, goals give you, that goes to our next point, goals give you purpose. They give you purpose. They give you purpose. Uh, many people in here have uh, uh, different, uh, uh, I'm going to use the word hobbies. You have goals. You have things you like to do outside of church, sleeping, and uh, uh, no, uh, you have things you like to do outside outside of church. Some of you here, uh, you like to play. I think it's someone here that likes to play tennis, and you like to play tennis, and you really practice and try to be very good at tennis. Uh, some people here like to cook, and so they cook a lot and eat a lot of food uh, because they like to cook, and so you practice a lot of that. Amen, Brother Croker, and uh, they practice a lot of that, and 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 they become good at what they had goals. I gotta get something. I gotta get something done. I want to try this, and they're they're constantly improving themselves. Do you have goals? Do you have purpose in your Christian life? Do you have purpose in your Christian life? The ministry gives you purpose, by the way. You ready? 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 Helping others gives you purpose. Wanting to please God gives you purpose. I'm going to spend time with God and spend time in prayer because I, God, I just want to please you. Gives you purpose. Why? It's a goal. It's a goal. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. Say, I have a purpose in my running. I have a purpose. Paul never went anywhere just because he felt like going. He always had a purpose. He had a purpose in mind. By the way, uh, uh, mission trips. Don't think the mission trips are just vacation times. No, we're going there for a purpose. There is a purpose behind why we're going. There is a goal that we have in mind. There is there is a a, a a direction that we're headed in. So you got you got set goal. Goals give you a purpose. The purpose of running is to win the race, not just to run the race. What do you think about that? The purpose of running is to win the race, not just to run the race. No one said, listen, no one in history has ever said, I want to run a race just because I want to run it. I don't care about it. If they say that, they're a liar. And I promise you, they're a liar. You run a race because you have a purpose. So ask yourself the question, what do I want to accomplish for God? And listen to this, Ready? What am I going to do to get there? What do I want to accomplish right now? Now, right away, because because we're all good Christians, ready? Right away, here's here's our thinking, ready? Well, God doesn't want me to be a pastor, so why do I have to be one? I didn't say pastor. Well, God doesn't want me to be a missionary, so this is not for me. No, I didn't say be a missionary. Because God, okay, those of you that are really working hard, you got a lot of people working hard to read their Bible all the way through this year. That should be your purpose. I want to accomplish this. I want to accomplish this. I have a goal in mind. I have purpose in doing this. I mean, purpose. Your, your purpose ought to be, I, I, I want to, you know, by the end of this year, I want to have someone that I have helped. I want to have someone that I, uh, maybe they just got saved. Just started coming to church. And I got to know them. We became good friends. And I, I'm, I'm keeping, helping them keep in church. I'm encouraging them when I can. 
by the end of the year, you look back and go, look at this person that I had that I led to the Lord. Now they're in church. They're serving God. They're doing what's right. That gives you purpose. See, that's not just for the pastor or the assistant pastor. That's not just for the bus captain or the Sunday school teacher. That's for every Christian. Every Christian, I'll look around and say, I want purpose. I don't want to just come and sit in church. I want to have purpose in church. I want to be a blessing to others around me. That's purpose. I want to encourage others around me. That's purpose. I want to make sure, I, I, want, to, I want to spread the gospel everywhere I'm at. That's purpose. Everybody ought to have purpose. Do you have any goals that give you purpose? Okay, if we, if we, we, if we had a poll, right, we write some things down. And I said, write down three things that you in your Christian life want to accomplish. Do you even have three things? that become our Christian life? God, if I have time. If I have time. See, we, it, when we love God, we want to please Him. There ought to be a direction that we're headed in our Christian life. Uh, growing up, we used to go nasty. Oh my goodness, nasty. Keystone Heights. We used to go to that pond over across the street and go swimming. Nasty pond. Ponds are nasty, especially smaller ones. Especially in Florida, because the algae just kind of floats to the top, right? And the pond's so small, and the Florida sun is so hot, the water gets hot. It gets like this warm feeling. Like to get cold water, you have to like swim way down to the bottom, usually where the gators are at. You got to swim way down to the bottom, and you got to kind of get down there where it's cool. But up towards the top, it's nice and warm and toasty. And that water gets stagnant. We used to go swimming in that. And that water gets, that's why I have a third eye back here, if you didn't know that. Uh, that water gets stagnant. The water gets very stagnant. It starts to stink. Is that our Christian life? Is that our Christian life? Well, I've been taking up this pew for 30 years. Hadn't done anything else, but I've been taking up this pew. Is that your purpose? Is that your purpose? Your Bible says there's going to be crowns in heaven for the work we do for the Lord. We're not supposed to be laying up treasures here on earth, but we're supposed to be laying up treasures in heaven. When you get to heaven, are you going to walk into heaven and say, God, God say, here's, here's your reward for what you did for me? By the way, to me, maybe this is just personal. Someone that just exists in the Christian life doesn't do anything for God. I mean, nothing for God. Nothing for God. Never one time says, I ever want to help in a Sunday school. Never one time even tries to give the gospel to somebody. But they just exist in the Christian life. Listen to this. They exist in the Christian life. That ought to be embarrassing. That ought to be very embarrassing. It ought to be embarrassing when we get to heaven and God says, So what'd you do for me? So what'd you do for the cause of Christ? We gotta have goal and we gotta have direction. We need to have purpose. For example, if you wanna if you wanna give you just a quick example of this. Uh, we're we're talking about our, our people on a mission trip right now. I know it's kind of missions right now in our mind, in my mind at least, because in the mission trip I got a lot of missions on my Maybe it's a goal of what, what can I do for missions? You know, I can't go on a mission trip. But what can I do for mission? Well, what can I do? Uh, maybe I can do something a little extra. And God, if you'll bless that, I'll give a little extra of that money. I'll put that aside for missions. I'll give that extra for missions above what I'm already giving. Uh, maybe it's, we, we used to, in, in, in Florida, they used to have people cut hair. Miss Angie Pennington used to cut hair. She cut it for free, and the donations all went to missions. We had a guy that worked on cars at our church. Also, tell, tell Brother Justin Miller this. We had a guy that worked on cars at our church, and he would say, I, I work on your car. You buy the parts, you pay him for the labor, I'll give it to missions. And he'd work on people's cars, and all the money would go to missions. We had people mowing lawns. They'd give, give part of their money to missions. 
he would go help other people, and they'd say, can I, can I help? I want to give money towards mission. We had a guy in our, in our in, in, at Calvary. He, he's, he's not there anymore, I don't think, but he, he had beehives. Is, is he still there? Wife, wife is still there. Um, but he used to bring in jars of honey, fresh honey. Now, if you've never had fresh honey, you're missing out. Okay, the honey from the store is just not as like thick honey. And uh, there, so, but, but, but he, she, he used to bring that fresh, he would sell jars of honey and give the money towards missions. See, look, look at me, he never, would never be able to go on a mission trip. Never, never go on a mission trip. But he could do something. And his goal every, listen to this, ready? You hear what I said? His goal every year is if there's anything I'm going to do, I'm going to get money so I can help somebody else so they can get to the mission field, so people can get saved, so churches can get started. So that's, that's one area of the ministry. What else could you do in the ministry? What goals do you have in the ministry? See, every, listen, listen to this. Everybody has a place in the body. Everybody has a place in the church house. Everybody has something they could be doing. But we've got to set goals, goals for ourselves. Goals for ourselves. Number, number, number three. Goals give you, this is the best part about goals. It's one of the best parts about goals. Goals give you a sense of accomplishment when you reach them. Give you a, a sense of accomplishment when you reach them. I remember we were growing up. We were talking about this the other day. We were growing up, and my uh, grandfather would ask us to help mow the church property at the church. And uh, and Calvary has like a four. It's like six acres total. It's like four acres of straight grass. Well, there used to be a big hole there. So they cleared all the land or something years ago, and they dumped all the debris there, and they covered it up. So as a teenager, the back property went like this. Like, there was holes everywhere. I mean, you could, you'd be walking on ground, and it would fall in, okay? And it was just terrible. It was terrible. And he used, to, he used to ask us to mow that property, and there were times where all we would have would be like two or three push mowers out there. You push mow four acres of property in the middle of the summer, and it's mostly sand and uh, sawgrass, and, uh, or uh, I don't remember what the name of the grass is, uh, but it's mostly sand. And uh, then we'd be mowing, and when we'd get done, whew, we're done. Let's get some water. Accomplishment. Finished. Accomplish something. I remember, I remember pushing that mower and looking and saying, five lines left. <laughs> five lines left. And you get down to the fourth line and go, okay, one more line left. I miscounted one more line left. And it was that sense of accomplishment. Still to this day when I'm out working, I, I'll be working and I'll say, oh, I need to stop and get something to eat. And I'll go, well, I'll do when I get to this point. And then I get a little further and I'm like, oh, I'll do when I get to that point. And I get done. Finally, I stop to get something to eat and it's like, Okay, that's all done. That part's done. Accomplishment. It feels good to accomplish something. Let me ask something. Ready? Christian, when's the last time in your personal Christian life you went, that's so good. That's good. Man, that's exciting. Been a while. It's hard to do that when you have nothing shoot for. You have no direction. No one, no one, no one shows up to church and sits down and gets done and does nothing and goes, I accomplished my part today. But when you got to talk with the new person that just got saved, and you encourage them, you say, hey, you know what? You need a Bible. I'm going to go get you a Bible. Go over and got them a Bible. Hey, you need to be here Sunday night. You got to be here Sunday. Then they came Sunday night. You ended a Sunday going, "That was a good Sunday." And that was, I feel that was accomplishment today. And we made ground today. And we, we 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 took another step in the right direction today. You got on a bus in the morning, and visitors showed up. You got done, and people got saved on the bus, and visitors came, and maybe someone got baptized, and you got done with the day, and you went, "Whew, man, we had a good day." No one gets done with a day where you had a really low day and went, woo, we had a great day today. No, at the end of the day, you're going, man, man, we need to do better next week. We got to do better next week. When next week comes around and you have a bigger day than you had the previous week, it's like, whew, man, we had a good day. No one comes.
comes back from, from visiting out on a Saturday and goes, man we, man, we had a great day today. We didn't visit anybody. We didn't have anybody saved. But we had a great day today. No, no one does that. But when you go out and someone gets saved, and you're able to talk with parents for a little bit, spend some time with them, help them, maybe even help counsel with them a little bit about a situation they're in, try to help them as a bus captain or a bus worker or somebody working with people. And you end that day going, yes, man, God, I was able to help someone today. Man, God, I was able to be a blessing to someone today. And you feel, you feel accomplished. He said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Paul realized that, uh, that he wanted, uh, wanted to fight, not just throw punches in the air. But I just want to swing at nothing. If I'm going to swing, I want to hit something. If I'm going to swing, I, I want to have something I'm going after. So i got to have goals. i got to have a direction. Goals are important. Christian goals are important in your Christian life. Goals are important in your Christian life. If you don't set goals in your Christian life, there will be no growth in your Christian life. You've got to have goals in your Christian life. There's got to be a direction in your head. Now, I'm not talking about a 10-year plan and a 15-year plan. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to get rid of my Bible. I'm going to get up and pray. If I see someone today, I'm going to tell them about the gospel. That's a good plan. That's a goal. That's what I'm supposed to do every day, no matter what. The head of the U.S. Special Operations Command, Admiral Bill McRaven, gave his best piece of advice at the University of Texas commitment at commencement graduation ceremony. He said, if you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you the small sense of pride and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. Do you have goals? Listen, do you have goals in your life? Okay, ready, ready. Husband and wives, do you have goals with your children? Do you have goals as a husband and wife? Hey, we want, we want to accomplish this. We want to get this taken care of. Hey, let's get that. Now, if you have goals everywhere else in your life, why not in our Christian life? You know, I want to study the book of Acts. We're talking about missions, right? Our church is really talking a lot about missions. Have you ever thought about taking the book of Acts and as an individual Christian member of Anchor Baptist Church saying, you know, I want to read the book of Acts. It's about missions. God, I want you to work in my heart to pray about missions right now. Study it. Study it. I want you to listen to the statement, a goal, and i got two, two statements and I'm done. A goal accomplished is satisfaction. No goal set is just another day wasted. So listen to that. A goal accomplished is satisfaction. You end the day and you accomplish something, whoo, got it done. But no goal set is just another day wasted. When you end the day and you say, someone said, you know, just love it, husbands would be home from work. How'd your day go? In your mind, you're going, what did I do today? No, it's, it's, it's great when you go, oh, I got a lot accomplished today. I did this, I got that done, I got that done. It was a great day at work. Well, you feel accomplished. I got something done. I got a little head start on something, or I got something done for the next day already. I learned something today. I feel accomplished. And we ought to be doing the same thing in our Christian life. So what about some goals, ready? Study your Bible more study it better. That's a good goal to have, Christian. I'm going to learn to study my Bible better. By the way, you go to the Bible Institute and learn how to study the Bible. By learning the Bible. Understanding it more. There's a little plug. And uh, uh, number two here, teach a, how about teaching a Sunday school class? You ever thought about teaching a Sunday school class? Well, I just don't think I'd be good. Moses did not think he was going to be a good leader through the Israelite army. God used him. Ready? God equipped him. Someone said, you'll never know what you're good at until you try. By the way, a, 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 a good standard in your Christian life to have in the ministry as, as a member of a church, and even us as assistant pastors, if, if 
says, hey, uh, why don't you think about doing this in our ministry and this way in our ministry and helping us in that way. A good, a good standard to have is my pastor asked me, I'll just do it. Pastor, I'll try. I'll give my best. Because sometimes God has spoken to him about something or God has put you on his mind about something. But we go, oh, I've never done that. saying, I could use you if you just be used. If you just step out, I'll equip you. I'll give you what you need. But we got to be willing. So goals. Goals. What, do you, what, what is your goal? At the end of 2023, man, 2023 is going by quick. Woo, it's going by quick. Well, if you have accomplished anything in 2023? Well, do you have accomplished any of your, do you have any goals set? Will you end 2023 and be the same Christian you were when you started? No growth. No new accomplishments. I didn't learn anything new. I can't learn anything new. But will you grow? So we got to set goals. If we're going to run, let's not run in circle. If we're going to fight, swing, let's not just beat the air. Let's have somewhere we're headed. Let's have somewhere we're headed. And the simplest thing in your Christian life that you can do is say, you know what? This year, I want to get better at this in my Christian life. I want to improve this in my Christian life. I want to get better at this, and I want to learn how to help out with this neighbor in the church. That's an improvement. That's a goal. And at the end of the year, you'll go, look what I accomplished this year. Look at all I learned. I never thought I could. But look what God taught me. And you'll feel that sense of accomplishment that will allow you to keep going on to the next thing. On to the next thing in your Christian life. Heavenly Father, dear God, I pray that you bless.